What Becomes of the Brokenhearted? A Good Omens Podvick, written by Phoenix Saw and read by Jar. Summary After handing over the holy water, Xerophil finds Crowley in a gay bar to make sure the demon won't stay away from him again. But here, among other forbidden lovers, it's impossible not to cross previously maintained lines. Aziraphale knew he was in the wrong place no sooner than he descended into the dimly lit establishment. Technically, it was the right place. The infernal aura he'd been tracking across Soho converged here, its owner hidden somewhere among the writhing crowds. It was Aziraphale that was wrong for this place. The door supervisor had been upfront about that, taking one look at his attire and drawling, Lemotziagrams, ya lost. But a frigid glare from Aziraphale had the young man wrenching the door open. The angel was already on tenderhooks after his latest blunder. Too fast for me, he'd said. The more he contemplated that rejection, the stronger his fear grew that he'd invited another century of cold silence from the being dearest to him. One such estrangement had been devastating enough. He couldn't let it happen again, and some silly rule about his clothes wouldn't keep him from this underground bar. From Crowley. Yet, Aziraphale was immediately aware that he stuck out like a sore thumb. Him in his dowdy, well-worn cream and beige, in a sea of bright pastels, bold patterns and general flamboyance. These radiantly garbed bodies were cavorting to music Aziraphale didn't recognize, blaring from a massive jukebox. And when he got to the bar, situated beyond a fish tank separating the dance floor from the seating area, he observed that drinking here didn't much involve actual alcohol. For a minute he stood by the tank, gyrating bodies behind him and intimate conversations ahead. A strange no-man's land between movement and inertia. He belonged to neither. Aziraphale reached out, seeking that familiar occult essence. Crowley was here. Crowley was close. But it was nearly impossible to... Angel. The familiar voice, quiet and low, curled into his left ear. With a start, Aziraphale whipped around. A raised eyebrow in an otherwise impassive face greeted him. Aziraphale's response caught in his throat. Crowley appeared different, though he was dressed exactly as he had when Aziraphale saw him an hour ago. It took a moment for Aziraphale to realize, for once it wasn't the rich garnet of Crowley's hair that stood out, but his black ensemble, contrasting with the colorful humans around them. The effect made Aziraphale short of breath. Crowley looked wrong for this place, too. He 
He didn't act as such, however, slinking past Aziraphale with his typical air of nonchalance to lean against the fish tank. But Aziraphale could spy the tension in the taut line of his mouth. Crowley took a terse gulp from a glass bottle he was swinging in one hand. He muttered, Didn't think this was your scene. Is that clicker? Aziraphale asked, thinking about the humans that were intoxicated but not drunk. Crowley's lips curved up. Not your scene, then, if you got to ask. Scoke. Alcohol ain't the, um, poison of choice round here. You think decent drinks would be the point of such establishments? Crowley tilted his head down so that the gold of his irises were visible over his sunglasses. Surely you, of all people, know the point of such a discreet establishment. Aziraphale blinked, surprised. For the first time, he properly turned his attention on the people. People of a certain persuasion, Aziraphale realized abruptly. The closer he looked, the more he could see it, both on the dance floor and at the booths. Women moving together, hands discreetly slipping under miniskirts. Colorful trousers on men, clashing as they rubbed on each other. Just people, being with other people of their choosing, away from a judgmental society and its persecution. Oh, Aziraphale breathed, recalling the gentleman's club he'd frequented a century ago. Suddenly, he didn't feel so wrong for this place. Neither of them were. He found the demon watching him closely. Gonna tell me why you're here, then? Crowley raised his bottle of Coca-Cola, and Aziraphale wondered if he'd mixed it with any poison of choice. Such pills wouldn't affect a demon easily but to Xerophile worried anyway. He thought of words spent in anger and decades-long regret. He thought of holy water in a tartan thermos and heartbreak inside a quiet car. And he thought of Crowley coming here, a place where sorrows were dispelled for as long as the night had. A place where people didn't hide for as long as the world was kept out. Aziraphale's heart ached. I think you know why, my dear. Haven't the foggiest. I came for you. Crowley paused, fingers tightening around his bottle. Why? Are you being purposely obtuse? Aziraphale snapped, frustration welling up. The way we left things earlier. Earlier? Crowley straightened up, frowning. You made yourself very clear. I got the message. It's fine. But I... Angel. Crowley's voice became gentle. I mean it. I'll keep my distance. 
That's precisely what I'm here to ensure you won't do. Aziraphale reached for him. His fingers stopped centimeters from Crowley's arm. Crowley stared at him. Please, let's do this privately. The demon hesitated. You know, ironically, you find privacy here among numbers. Crowley gestured at the dance floor, wearing a smirk with a little mirth to it. Shall we? Surely you're not asking me to... Aziraphale began, his face growing hot. You can stand still, for all I care. Crowley was already pushing into the dancing throng. Come on. He lopped his empty bottle over Aziraphale's head. It splashed into the tank. Crowley, you shouldn't. Crowley threw a grin over his shoulder. Trust me, the fishies have tasted worse. That's terrible, Aziraphale hissed, nearly running into Crowley when the demon stopped. They'd reached the center of the dance floor. Yeah, well... People got to hide contraband somehow when the fuss crashes the party, said Crowley, beginning to flail his arms aimlessly to the music. He didn't touch Aziraphale, who remained rigid. The police do that? Crowley stared. People here aren't allowed to be together. A long-fingered hand slid off the sunglasses. His eyes flashed like fire in the dark. But that's old news to us, eh? It's all the same everywhere. Upstairs, below, here. They make some stupid law and but who? You're fucking illegal. Crowley's words were like a battering force, cutting a zero to the bone. That was the closest they'd come to acknowledging this unnamed thing between them. The demon looked away, balling his hands into fists. It's not fair, Angel. Aziraphale bit his lip. No, it is not. His heart clenched as he finally admitted the truth. He glanced at the humans, relegated to dancing and touching in the dark. Here, where nobody cared, he could see mouths or necks and hands on her clothes. Here, there was lust and law. The song on the jukebox changed, switching to something not quite bebop, slower. As the humans adjusted to the new music, Aziraphale made up his mind. He placed his hands on Crowley's shoulders. The demon visibly started, but Aziraphale pressed up against him, sighing with relief when Crowley took hold of his hips. Still stunned, Crowley began to move again, guiding the angel along. Aziraphale was sure they weren't technically dancing, but Crowley's torso was pressed to his, and his palms were hot on Aziraphale's body, even through all of his layers. 
My dear, Aziraphale said softly, blushing under the way Crowley was drinking him in. The reason I came here is to let you know that I don't want you to keep your distance. But you said... I know what I said, and sadly I must stand by it. But... Aziraphale cupped Crowley's jaw, thumb stroking over his chin. That doesn't mean I want you gone for another eighty years, like last time. You understand what I mean, don't you? Crowley gaped at him. Yeah, he breathed. He wound his arm around Aziraphale's waist, pulling him flush against him. I get it. It can't be like this, Aziraphale admitted, tilting his head to indicate their physical intimacy. But I would still like to keep seeing you. Yeah, sure. Crowley shrugged, but the action didn't have its usual lackadaisical impression. We got the arrangement and all. And, Aziraphale went on, I do have a number of vintage wines I couldn't possibly finish by myself. Crowley raised an eyebrow, amusement diffusing across his expression. All right, I hear ya. I mean... I get it, Angel. Everything you meant. Oh, good. Aziraphale smiled, releasing Crowley's chin. A moment of hesitation, and then he wrapped his arms around Crowley's neck, which, in all honesty, was easier, considering how they were completely pressed up together. Somehow, Crowley kept them dancing, caught between a sway and perpetual turn. You know, you picked the right shit number to tell me all this. Aziraphale blinked, taken aback. He focused on the music, listening to the singer's voice, soulful and expressive. What becomes of the broken-hearted who had love that's now departed? I know I've got to find some kind of Peace of mind. Help me. Both blushing and stricken, Aziraphale looked quickly at Crowley. The demon was sniggering, equal stitches of humor, irony, and despair threading through his smile. Song's a favorite here, but goddamn, huh? My dear. Nah, shut up. Crowley tightened his grip on Aziraphale. They were more or less embracing, barely swaying on the spot. I told you, I get it. And I'll stick with it, Angel. Whatever you want. But tonight, just for now, let's have this. Please. Crowley, Aziraphale whispered. No heaven or hell, angel. That's the whole point of this place. No judgment. 
Crowley looked earnest before he sighed. Unless there's a police raid again, he allowed grudgingly. Aziraphale frowned, glancing at the humans. He concentrated, and Crowley reared back, startled. There won't be, Aziraphale said firmly. Did you just... Crowley looked awestruck. He broke into a huge grin. You did, didn't you? I don't know if the police had anything planned, said Aziraphale mildly. But those doors won't open for any officers tonight. There's been plainclothes infiltration before. Was I unclear when I said any officers? Crowley gave a gleeful bark of laughter, throwing his head back. Aziraphale beamed. I cannot maintain permanent interference. But if I can provide these patrons a single night of freedom without fear, I'm glad to do so. Everyone deserves that. Crowley fell quiet, gazing at Aziraphale with such intensity it made the angels squirm. But then he was wrapped up in Crowley's arms again, and a pair of lips, soft and warm, and utterly electrifying, covered his own, kissing him long and hard, until Aziraphale was nearly faint with it. He gasped when Crowley drew back, just barely, so that their noses still touched. Why? Everyone deserves a single night without fear, you said. That includes us, Aziraphale. He felt something prickling at the corner of his eyes. With a soft smile, Crowley leaned in again, murmuring the last few lyrics of the song against Aziraphale's lips. I'll be looking every day. I know I'm gonna find a way. Nothing's gonna stop me now. I'll find a way somehow. Aziraphale closed his eyes and let himself believe, if only for a moment, that those words would come true. I got a place in Mayfair, Crowley said quietly. It's close to Soho. I could drop by the shop when I'm in the area. Break out that wine you got. That would be lovely. Their lips met again and Aziraphale relaxed into Crowley's embrace, knowing the kiss was one closer to what would be their last. He would make them all worth it, make the single night in Crowley's arms count in all the best ways. Here, in this place, that was right for them, where they were right for each other. The End 